All right. So to start off Dynamite, we get a uh, a segment between the elite. Kenny talks about how he's disgusted at the fact that all four of them lost at full gear. Says that he needs to fix things, but he can't do it. He can't do it there. And he asked them to hold down the fort while he's gone. Adam Cole, of course, says that he that he's got it. He'll he'll take care of everything. And then Kenny looks at him like, "Yo, I was talking to the Bucks. I wasn't talking to you." And then eventually they all just start talking over each other. And then Matt Jackson says that, "Oh, we'll all hold down the fort for you while you're gone." Then he tells Brendan to stop recording. So of course, already teaching, uh, teaching, already teasing tension between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega. So that should be a nice big feud by the time Kenny get, gets back. So Dark Order is in the ring uh, to introduce Hangman. Um, he makes his entrance, of course, with the championship belt. The crowd chants, uh, you deserve it to him. And I don't know if this is the first time that this happened, but I'm glad somebody finally shut that down because I hate that chant so much. He tells them he, di he didn't deserve it. He earned it. Um, and then he goes into how he would like to stay in the ring and celebrate National Cowboy Shit Day. He understands that being world champion is a lot of responsibility, and his next responsibility is Brian Danielson. Like clockwork, Brian's music hits. He comes out to the ring and he congratulates Hangman, but says that he's disappointed and surprised that it's not Kenny standing across the ring from him. Hangman hits him with a nice rebuttal saying that it's not Kenny because he whooped Kenny's ass at full gear and he did it in under 30 minutes. Because if you remember, Kenny and Brian went to a 30-minute time limit draw. So then Brian says that he doesn't want any beef with Hangman. That's not the reason why he came out there. But he wants Hangman to remember that he's not going to fight somebody that dresses up like a Ghostbuster for Halloween. And that Apparently, cowboy shit just means that all you do is flap your gums and you don't wrestle. Says that he's been wrestling every single week. And then he brings up that after he won the world title at WrestleMania, he wrestled the very next day. The crowd booed the hell out of him after he mentioned WrestleMania. It was crazy. Then Hangman says, well, if he really wants to wrestle that bad, they can do their match tonight. In Virginia, Brian, of course, turns it down because he says the hangman has cowboy boots and jeans on, and he doesn't want hangman to have any excuses once they actually wrestle and he ends up beating him for the title. Hangman says that, fine, we won't do the match tonight, but that Virginia is for lovers and he'll still fight. Uh, they get into each other's faces. Brian shoves them. Hangman shoves them back. The Dark Order starts to separate them. And, that, and then the crowd starts chanting, let them fight. Brian gets on the mic and he says that the Dark Order knows that he'll whip Hangman's ass so they won't dare to let him go. And then they, they all let him go. They put their hands up and then Hangman just runs to him and tackles him to the ground, starts swinging on him, and Brian uh, gets out of the ring. I like the way they did that. They was like, okay, you want to talk? Want to talk crap? They just let him go, and then he's the one that ran out the ring. So I think that was, that was pretty funny there. Yeah, for everybody worried about um, 
babyface versus babyface. There we go. I bet nobody predict. Everybody was predicting. Oh yeah, you know, Miro is gonna win because they can't do babyface versus babyface. And if Brian wins, that means Kenny's gonna win. Well, nobody thought. Well, why don't we just turn Brian heel? Let's just do that. This Yo, was like, you right. We both honestly thought Miro was gonna win, and then when Brian won, there was a chance that we thought Omega might retain. But then they hit us with the big swerve, Adam Page won, and... That's not a swerve. The swerve was Brian winning. Yeah, that's... I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say. The swerve was Brian winning, because we all know Hangman was winning. No, Nobody really thought about Brian going heel right away, because he just... He's a babyface, he's run through everybody having great matches, and then Brian just comes out and just shuts all that down. Little heel tendencies there. I don't think he's full heel yet. But the more he faces the Dark Order, the more his heel tendencies come out. And little by little, little by little, he's going to end up turning completely full heel. And we're going to have the best match of 2022 to start off the year, Hangman and Brian. And I, I can't, I can't wait. I heel at all. I, I feel like he will. You know, I just feel like everybody has their own inputs. The line of baby face and heel. That that concept in AEW is dead for real. Like, there's good people who do sh- who do shitty things, and then there's bad people who do good things. But just because they do some good things, does not make them a good person. Just like some good people doing bad things does not make them a bad person. It's just human nature to do. Yeah, but but my reason, my reasoning for it of him turning heel. Is he got? He's gonna go through every member of the Dark Order. Every match, he's gonna get more ruthless, more aggressive, and just start beating them down. Even after the match, beating them down, and it's gonna lead into a heel turn. That's my point of view on it. Obviously, you know everybody has their own point of view on it. That's my point of view on it. But my my, my point is, I don't think down. he's full heel because I feel like he's there to endorse Hangman. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of like you remember how um, how in WWE where he, when he lost to Roman, how like he praised them in a promo like right after. I feel mm-hmm. like this is gonna be similar to that. That he's just he's gonna be a heel for this program, yes, but I don't think he's gonna stay a heel afterwards. So I, that's why I wouldn't call it. Oh, I get you. Time. He's 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 almost like a good cop, bad cop. Days he's a bad cop, and other days he's a good cop. Basically, almost like. He's not a bad guy, but he has to do what he has to do to get into Hangman's head. Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Go. Okay, I, I've, I fully understand. That makes that makes sense now. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And I like the segment a lot, also, just because I feel like. Let, okay, let's be honest. Let's be honest. We we would be much more. Even though I did want Hangman to win, we would be much more hype if it was Kenny Omega versus Bryant too. So I think going into this, a lot of people maybe weren't hyped enough for Hangman versus Brian, but I feel like after this segment, they are now hyped for it. So honestly, I was one of those people that wasn't super ecstatic about it. But after this segment, because I thought it was going to be babyface, babyface, it was going to be a little happy Gilmore type vibes with this whole thing. But the way Brian came out, it just, and the whole segment, it just got me hyped for it. Because now he's about to go through every member of the Dark Order. Just like, I'm sorry for bringing it up, WWE, when John Cena went through the whole 
Nexus. It's good. It reminds me of that. That was a good storyline, though, except for the ending. Yeah, but this ending is going to be better. Right. Way better. All right, so um, we went to commercial break, and then immediately after that, we went straight into uh, Brian versus Evo Uno. Talk about it. Some notable spots in the match is Brian went for a pin with his foot on Evo Uno. Uno kicked out, even, I think even before the one count or probably at the one count. Crowd started booing. They're in Virginia, Dark Order, Hangman. Crowd is going to be booing Brian through a majority of the match. Throughout the match, Brian is just on the offense, just completely beating the crap out of Evo Uno. Almost all match, not all match. Because Evo Uno did get some offense in. Pretty good ones at that. The match was pretty good itself. But throughout the match, it just looked like heavy kicks and heavy slaps from Brian. And that's when I was talking about heel tendencies with all this heavy hitting, just beat him and down to a pole. And then Brian wins by choking out Evo Uno, flexing. He was flexing while having Evo Uno in the chokehold. And then Tony Schiavone comes out after the match and talks with Brian. And Brian basically says he's going to challenge every single member of the Dark Order and kick all their heads in until he reaches Adam Page. And AEW's in Chicago next week, so he challenged Cole Cabana to a match next week on Dynamite. Overall, this match was, it was pretty good. Evo Uno is a very very underrated wrestler he's better than a lot of people think he is yeah I, that's for the dark order as a whole i think especially like alan angels maybe not 10 I, I feel like i never really watched a great 10 match but everybody else though i feel like they're pretty good especially Stu. Stu is very underrated as well i'm not a lot i'm waiting for alan versus brian because Adam had a great match with Omega the first time. The second time, it was, it was still pretty good, too. The one on Dynamite a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But against Brian, I honestly can't wait for that one. And you know what's the crazy part? He's only 23 years old. Allen is only 23? Yeah. Dude, he looks 30. I know. That's that white people jeans for you. <laughs> You back up this part up. <laughs> you almost made me choke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep going. Keep going. All right. So after that, we had a uh, MJF promo from Full Gear. It was like it li- looked like he, it was literally after his match. He was still covered in uh, Darby's face paint and stuff, and he talked about how he proved everybody wrong because everybody usually just says that he's good on the stick, eh, but maybe not in the ring. And he showed just how good he is. Says that he got a lot of chants from the marks in the crowd. And that he knows that everybody loves to hate him. But now they have to respect how good he actually is. And he says that he's going he's gonna to go to Virginia to see what's next for him. While he's doing, you know, that he's going to, he's doing the gesture of, of the championship around his waist. So obviously, uh, referencing Hangman's title win there. And says that he's better than you and you have no choice now but to admit it but to admit it that that promo 
even if it was in full gear, right? That looked like it was right after the match. You can tell he was all red and just looked exhausted. That match was great. Talked about his knee also, saying that they don't know the pain. He don't know what's going on in his knee at this point. But in his head, he's thinking about nothing but great success. This dude is, what, 24 years old, right? Well, I think he's 25 now, but yeah. 25 years old. Yeah, I think his birthday just passed. 25 years old. It cuts a promo like that. He's the he best promo in the game right now, I think. Hands hands down. He obviously proved me wrong against Darby. And he proved a lot of people wrong. If he can do this day in and day out, wrestle like that, probably he probably won't, but he can wrestle like that with his promos. He's literally, like he said, the past, present, and future. So then we cut to a, another segment. This pro, this show was very segment heavy, but it was still pretty good. I I, I like that to be honest. Uh, with a uh, a segment between Eddie Kingston and 2.0. Well, Eddie Kingston was just uh, being interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and then here comes 2.0 with Daniel Garcia. And all they were talking about how was how Daniel Garcia lasted longer against CM Punk than Eddie did. And then Eddie, Eddie looks at him and calls one of them a blockhead. <laughs> and he says to Daniel Garcia, you let two grown men call you son? I don't respect you for that. that he, did, he doesn't respect him for that. And that he knows he's from Buffalo and he wants him to stand as a, he wants him to be a man and stand on his own. And he talks about how CM Punk wanted to wrestle him, but he doesn't want to wrestle. He wants to fight. And he shoves Daniel Garcia's face. And then 2.0 and him, they walk away. And he says that he, he begs just one time. He wants a promo with zero interruptions and says that he's going to go to catering. So anytime, Eddie Kingston can be on screen for 10 seconds and he'll hype you up with whatever, whatever program he'll be in. He, he is just you. that good yeah he gives you that real feeling and he his facial expression his tone promo everything makes it seem like he's for real about this like like this is not no kayfabe this is for real i'm really gonna whip your ass i really do not respect you i love every time kingston gets on the mic i love it because he always seems legit he always seems like he's really about it yeah, the only person that has that same energy is Samoa Joe to me. Like he's the only person that can probably like match that. And you're not lying. You're not. You know how, how many times he went at when Jeff Hardy, um, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, you always think he's like being for real. Like, yeah, and they're both very guessing. similar too. That's crazy. Because they feel the realest, but yet they never win any big matches. That's crazy. <laughs> you had to go there, bro. You had to go. <laughs> I mean, he was, what, three-time NXT champion? Uh, two yeah, times? that's NXT, though. He was, what, United States champion the most? I feel like they dropped the ball with him when he was shooting with though. AJ Styles. He should have beat AJ Styles for the championship. Maybe, I think he should have beat Lesnar, but. Either or. He should have beat any of them. At least give him a little one title reign, at least. But the thing is, he was injured so much. Yeah. You saw he won the NXT title. He had to relinquish it for injuries. Anyways, let's get off of WWE. That match sucked, by the way. <laughs> it was really bad. 
Anyway, yeah, so next we had uh, Butcher and the Blade versus Orange Cassidy and Ishii, right? I think you say his name. It's Ishii. Ishii, okay. Basically, you got to say that there's two I's at the end. You got to say that other I like an E. So Ishii, yep, you got it. So this was your uh, standard tag team match, typical HFO garbage. Um, Ishii with a lot of forearms back and forth with Butcher and the Blade. There was a lot of no selling. There was a lot of interference. The finish came with a lariat when he Ishii hit Blade with a lariat into a brain buster for the win. This is something that this should have been on dark, to be honest with you. If it wasn't for Ishii being in this match, this would have been on darker elevation. Easily. It was it wasn't the greatest match. There was there was a lot of no selling. And then Ishii was in the corner when uh, the butcher was going at and just hitting him. He's just taking the hits and just looking into space, just completely no-selling it. I didn't enjoy this match as much. If it wasn't for Ishii, I would have enjoyed it even more because of HFO. Because he was in this match, it was obviously had to be on TV because of the whole chaos movement. But I didn't enjoy this match at all. And then we get into a backstage segment with Andrade and FTR. Andrade says he's a better wrestler than Cody and Pac because he's beaten them both clean. I'm pretty sure he didn't win the first one clean. And now he's going to show them his bad side. And then Cash comes in and says they was robbed of the tag team titles because he wasn't the legal man. And then he calls for an eight-man tag with FTR, Andrade, and Malachi Black versus Death Triangle and Cody Rose. He also says he's going to waive their fee because it's personal. I guess they're still going with Andrade. Bought FTR for a bit. I guess that's still going to go on because we haven't seen the pinnacle together as a group in God knows how long. I really hope this is it. Because they said they waived the free the fee is free because it's personal. So that means they probably get a extra he probably gets an extra week of them now. So we probably not next week, but we're probably gonna see them for another week after next what week's can dynamite. You do after this? There's not you can't do anything else. And that's the point. Is but it's just gonna keep going. Unless they no, use it, unless next so. week, unless next week is the last time that we're gonna use you for this tag team match, and then that's it. I hope it ends right there with that whole he he's buying them for this and this amount I'm of time. I'm not just talking about that it. part. I want everything to just die already. I'm tired of Andrade versus Pack. I'm tired of Malachi Black versus Cody. I'm tired of all of it. I want it all to and, end. And this is what I was telling you that it should have ended at the tag team match, but the tag team match wasn't as good, so that's why no, I had to keep it. It shouldn't have ended at the tag team match because the tag match should have never happened. It should have ended the moment Cody beat Malachi Black. It should have ended right there, and then they both move on to something else. Pack, uh, including Pack and Andrade, does nothing to this shit. And I called, nothing. I called it in the podcast, like what two, three podcasts ago, that this will continue even after their match. It's going to continue. Right now, they should just completely move away from it and just give us Pack and Malachi in a few going forward. Get Andrade away from this. I, I still want I want to see the match. At least one match. But I'm they really all need they thing. all need to separate it from each other. FTR and the Lucha Bros get away from each other. 
they arguing who's the best tag team is going to probably continue for a while. Everybody, that whole eight men need to get away from each other, like completely away from each other already. Anyway, after that, we got a Ty Conti video package saying that uh, at full gear, she didn't lose and that she didn't fail. She just learned and that she's not going to start from scratch. And the next time she gets a title shot, she's going to walk away as the new women's champion. And right after that, we got a Britt Baker promo. Says that she is exhausted of having to carry the division by herself. And uh, she hypes up Jamie Hayter talking about how she's going to beat Thunder Rosa and that she's going to become the new TBS women's champion. And uh, wait, but before that, uh, Tony Schiavone mentioned Thunder Rosa's name. And uh, Britt didn't like that. She said that we don't mentioned we don't mention her name on DMD TV. I find that line hilarious. Um, I love that line. And yeah, so pretty much that you know, planting seeds are ready for her versus Thunder Rosa. I'm assuming it's going to take place at Revolution. I really hope they don't wait that long though, because that's a really long time away. And Britt has zero challengers right now. They are going to probably wait that long because she's in the TBS title picture, unless. Uh, Britt Baker causes her to lose to Jamie in the tournament to set up the feud. This will not start until after the tournament if Thunder Rosa wins next week. So, see, that's the problem, though. I feel like the, uh, Jamie Hayter, that'll be a big win for her, but I, I doubt they have her beat Jade, you know? And so I yeah, feel like she'll her beating Jade, Thunder though. Rosa, but that's stupid. But she won't beat Thunder Rosa clean. She's going to beat Thunder Rosa with interference from Britt Baker. But if anything, Thunder Ro she should cost Thunder Rosa against Jade. Ah, that's even that's even better. Exactly, yeah. E either way, it works, to be honest with you. To no, me, it works either way. Jamie, a heel versus a heel with two talents that aren't over at all, that's not a good idea. I, you're right. You're right. Okay, you're right about that. And I feel like the problem is, though, that means Jade probably has to win the damn tournament. I don't want to see that either. Uh, you never know. Chris Statlander might pull out a They're win. not having her beat Jade, bro. I'm, honest, I'm honestly tired of Jade. I, I don't, don't like her that much. Me neither. She just she looks amazing. Too much. She looks absolutely amazing. But <laughs> that's where it ends. She can't that's talk. It. The TBS stands for that bitch show. That is the corniest line I've ever heard. Yes, yeah, I don't. Corny. I don't like that. She can't talk. She could. She can wrestle pretty decent. No, she can't. What is you on right now? It depends who she wrestles. Okay. If she gets her ass beat the whole match, yeah. Because the match against Layla Hirsch was pretty good. With who? Layla Hirsch. Yeah, because she got her ass beat that whole match. Exactly. That's my point. So when she doesn't have to carry the match or her shitty offense, it's good. So she wins the tournament? Who was, if, it's not, if Thunder Rose is not going to win, do you seriously think they're going to have... They're going to have... Maybe Ruby? Ruby? Or Statlander Beater. Look, I would love yes. if they had Statlander Beater. I would love that. But I just don't see it happening. All we can do is wait and find out. Exactly. In due time. That's what I love about AEW. Slow burns. I really don't want her as champion, though. <laughs> I really don't. Well, I don't think anybody does. 
to be honest. I mean, there's a few fans out there that probably would, but I honestly do not, absolutely do not want to see her as champion. I'd rather give Chris her, that Give her lineup. a year or two. I feel like a year or two, then yeah. Exactly. They just threw her in straight to the top. Well, not really. She's in the mid card. If they were going to throw her to the top, she would have feuded with Britt yeah. Baker. But. You're right, but they're giving her like this role as being like, the baddest, she can't lose. She's just built, she has to build her way up in the rankings, but she's gonna get there eventually. In a year, she's probably gonna be AEW Women's Champion. And she should she be, because I do think she's she's getting better. I do, but she needs more matches, like a lot more. And she does not need to be champion right now, any champion at all. She and like, needs to keep building herself up and then go for the TBS title after she loses the tournament, build her up and then win the title after that and then drop it, blah, 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 then build up again and win the AEW Women's Championship at full gear next year. Let's say a whole year. Nah, take her. I, I think she just needs to be built up as a whole. I don't think she should win the TBS title at all. I feel like that title needs to be what it is, a mid-card title. Somebody like Jade should not be in a mid-card. You know? Okay, so they have her lose a tournament and then take a year to build her up. So Yeah, exactly. But on Dark and, and, and whatnot, like have her actually wrestle match. If you're not going to put her on Dynamite all the time or Rampage, have her wrestle some actual matches on Dark exactly. and stuff. Dark so and Elevation. And that, that will help her. It helped Hobbs. It helped Ty Conti. Oh, it helped her a lot. Yeah, exactly. Damn, she really impressed me at full gear. So that, that's, that's what they need to do. Have Statlander win the tournament. Seriously. She is I'm so underrated, bro. Like Very underrated. She made Britt look good, to be honest with you. In their last to match. me, that's Britt's best match. Like a, tradition, even like a traditional singles match. No weapons, no nothing. <clears throat> I think that's her best match. Chris beats Ruby, and she beats Jade. I need to see that happen. She needs yeah, to be the first to CBS champion. She was good. She was going to the moon when she first debuted on AEW, but then she got hurt. She got injured. Yeah. I think she was, what, after the Nyla match, or was it while it was with the Nyla match? For the no, it was after. It was after, after, right? Yeah. So they was pushing her. She was probably going to win the match. She was probably going to win the title not too far after that, but then she got hurt. So now she needs to be the TBS champ. She needs to win this tournament for um, retribution. So I think she, she needs yeah, to you win know what? She, show people. She's, the, she she's one of the only few to have beaten Nyla Rose, Sheeta, and Britt Baker. She beat all three of them already. And she hasn't been champion. That's crazy, bro. She's that about to so be crazy. she's about to be Ruby. And if she beats Jade to win the to win the tournament, that just shows her, that just shows who she was the entire time. This is nothing new. She is, is so good. Like, it's exactly. ridiculous. She, she needs to win this to show to show everybody that this was not a mistake. I should have been champion in the first place. I should have been at the top long ago, but injuries derailed me. Now I'm back on top, and I'm not stopping until I reach the AEW Women's Championship. Her only weakness is promos. But I feel like that's a, a lot of the women's weakness. Exactly. That's a lot of the women's. But... She'll get there. She will get there. I mean, yeah, she's only 26. Exactly. She will. There. God damn. Yeah. She, she will get there. A lot of the women are young, bro. Like, they're really young. Now, now that we're on that topic, before we get into the next segment, into the next match, actually, a lot of 
women have been released from WWE. Yeah. And there's a couple that AEW should sign. Yeah. John Morrison's wife, I don't I forget her name. I think they should sign her. Taya. Yeah, I think they should sign her. They should sign me a Yim. Mm. Believe it or not, they should sign me a Yim. She's she's actually pretty decent. Mm, not from what I've seen. She she's pretty decent. They should sign her. Her matches in NXT were trash. Listen, they should sign her. No, they and shouldn't. Who else got released? They need you know Ember who they Moon? need, they need from the women Ember that Moon. they need to sign. Who they who, this this who they need to sign? Ember Moon and Nixon Newell. That's who they should sign. Who? Tegan Knox. Oh, you said you said it different. Isn't it Nixon Newell? I, well, I didn't, I didn't know how to say that. So yeah, it's Nixon. Well, Newell, that her name. Nick, that's what I said. Nixon Newell. Oh, it sounded like you said it's so different. I'm sorry. Well, I said Nixon different. Well, but close enough. <laughs> well, yeah, those are the two they need to sign. Those they're actually oh, really good. I mean, Nixon, she'll need work on the mic, but wrestling, a plus. Amber Moon just needs to be there. She needs to get rid of away from. She needs to come in with a whole new character. The character she had in NXT before she left was terrible. She needs to go with a whole new character, whole new persona, and come in and just be she'll be a that bitch. Again. I'm down for that. She's not gonna be Ember Moon again. She'll just be Athena. I, I mean, to be honest, I never watched her before WWE, so I don't know exactly what she was like. <laughs> but I did see a couple matches, and yeah, of course, she she was always a good wrestler. That was never her problem. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, I think she'll be fine, and, and right. she's. She's somebody who can just be in the TBS title picture, you know? Not exactly. everybody's going to go to the world title picture, so. Yeah. Right, so let's take Mia Yim out and just those three. Nixon, I mean, look, Amber, if you're and... decent, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just saying from the matches I've seen of hers in NXT, they she weren't has, very good. To me, she has potential. If you put her in dark and elevation for a little bit, she will come out shooting, bro. She will bro, come potential. out. Bro, potential. Hasn't she been wrestling for like 10 years? But it's, But WWE style is not good. She was she was decent in independent scene. I don't know if you watch any independent. I don't no, know if you don't, don't watch independent. So she was pretty good in the indies. Okay. From the matches and highlights that I seen, they're probably they're probably misleading, but I think she looked good. So well, if you put her in dark and elevate, how old she is? I honestly don't know. Because the thing is, like Taya, I think she's about to be forty. So I feel like that's gonna be a tough one for them to sign. She could just um, come in as a. Just like uh, Mickey James is doing an impact, but without winning the title, as a mentor, show these ladies. Oh, know, like a triple. Well, that's not true. Never mind. They have forty-year-old wrestlers that are women. Emmy Sakura, she's like forty-something. So, oh, yeah, is Mickey is it, is it Mickey pretty pretty up there too? Yeah, Mickey's in her forties as well. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the next match: Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose to advance into the semifinals of the TBS tournament. So this is the third time wrestling each other, one-on-one anyway. They wrestled in tag matches. But um, Nyla, of course, working over the injured leg. They're still selling this leg injury for Sheeta. Uh, Vicky interfered a few times. She uh, choked her on the ropes with a kendo stick. Uh, Nyla Rose tried to do a shin breaker, but Sheeta reversed it into an, uh, a crossbody. And she hit a, a an uppercut for a two count. Sheeta, when they went to the outside, and Sheeta was gonna do her spot that she always does, where she sets up a chair and she like jumps off of it. 
but Nyla Rose stopped her from doing it. And then she was bent, uh, hitting her chest with a bunch of clotheslines, sat her down on the chair. She climbed up to the apron and she tried to do a senton, but missed. She flattened that chair so bad. It was crazy. That, I, that looked like it really hurt her. Um, Vicky, again, tried to hit her with a kendo stick. She'd have grabbed it. <laughs> Vicky ran. I don't know if this was a botch or what, but Vicky ran away and she tripped. I don't know if she was supposed to trip. I look. But, I really look, I looked it over again. She she tripped on purpose. Okay. Like if you really look what if you read really look back at it and you watch it closely, she didn't trip on nothing. She just literally just lift her leg up and threw herself. But it looked the first at first it looked like it was it was legit. No, then she made it look good. Good for her. <clears throat> Hell yeah. And then she'd have hit her with the candlestick across the back, and she uh, threw the candlestick down. Um, during the picture in picture. Uh, she threw Nyla into the into the barricade, tossed her back in the ring. The ref was paying attention to Nyla, and it turns out maybe they showed her before, and I didn't notice. But it turns out Serena Deeb was watching the match in the crowd, and she. I didn't see her. Yeah, I don't think they showed her last week. I think they. They showed. Yeah, last her. week they did. Last week. This week did. I don't. They didn't show her this week. It's even the commentators were surprised. Oh, okay. So yeah. Okay. So then she hit her with a chop block. And then she tossed her back into the ring. Uh, Nyla hit, uh, draped her across the top rope, and she hit her signature uh, knee drop across the back. Um, moving on, uh, Sheeta tried to do a triangle choke. Nyla wouldn't pass out nor tap out. She reversed it into a into a power bomb. Sheeta tried going for her uh, spinning knee strike, but Nyla caught her leg. And put her in a stretch muffler, and Sheeta ends up tapping out. So Nyla advances. It was a decent match, but I, I feel like their first two matches were a lot better than this one. So it looks like obviously Sheeta and Deep is going to continue, which is They're, awesome. Yeah, I'm down for that. Obviously, they obviously continue with her leg. So I think the next match with Deeb and Sheeta, Deeb is just going to completely hammer away at her leg and probably win the next match between them. And, ooh, I disagree. I, I think what needs to happen is I think this needs to be made a submission match. And ooh, I kind of like that. And Sheeta debuts a new submission and makes Deeb tap out. I feel like that's the best way to go for this. Okay, okay. That, that actually does, doesn't sound like a bad idea. But to be, I, I wouldn't be Deep mad if again. Deep wins, though. I wouldn't be mad because I like her a lot also. But I just feel like Sheeta needs to win this feud. Okay. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that because that, that made perfect sense. Anyway, we come back from commercial break and MJF music hits. He comes out, comes to the ring. And the minute they get into the ring, I noticed one thing. Ward Low kept his distance a majority of the segment. Far away from him. He was all the way in the corner when Sean Spears and MJF were talking. He just kept his distance the entire, almost the entire segment. And then, you know, MJF said he's the man who started bidding war in the year 2024. And honestly, I think it will be a bidding war. I don't know if, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. 
don't know what you think, but I think it will be a bit of war. Do you even know what he meant by that? Yeah, between him, WWE, and AEW. You really think he has any chance of going to WWE? No, but I think it'll be a semi-bitten war, which obviously he's on, he, most likely he's going to stay with AEW unless he does something that WWE absolutely likes and wants him. He's young. He can talk. WWE want young people, so you never know. I still think he stays in AEW, but... You're forgetting one thing, though. What? He's like five foot eight. Anyways, you know, he... He says it once once again, like he does all the time. He is the past, the present, and the future of professional wrestling. And he's going to take a big old cowboy shit on Hangman's title reign. And he deserves to be the next AEW champion. Not earn. He deserves to be the next AEW champion. And also says that nobody in the locker room is nearly as good as him. And nobody is on his level and boom cm punk music hits <clears throat> crowd starts chanting holy shit cheering and punk comes down to the ring punk comes down to the ring and stares mjf right in the face with a little smirk the crowd continues to chant holy shit mjf extends his hand to punk and says maxwell punk just looks at him looks down walks away and laughs at MJF. MJF, completely heated about this, looks at his hand, looks at Punk, and he's just pissed. He's just pissed that Punk didn't say a single word, that Punk is not taking him serious, and he seriously got into MJF's head. And he just keeps staring at his hand and just pissed about it. Next week in Chicago should be real interesting. Real interesting. And that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Because most likely, if, if Punk is doing a segment, MJF is going to come. If MJF is doing a segment, probably CM Punk will come out again. And the crowd is going to be all for it. And it's just going to be, it's, they're going to be probably so loud and screaming, shut the fuck up to MJF so much, you probably won't even hear him talk like they do with Dan Lambert. So next week is going to be interesting. So then we cut backstage. Uh, Darby cuts a promo saying that MJF did not break him mentally, saying that he doesn't want to take any time off and that he wants the biggest and the baddest guy. And then out comes, I don't know where, Billy Gunn and his two kids um, saying that he is he's the biggest and the baddest and that he accepts Darby Challenge. Why? I have no idea. Uh, there was a super click promo uh, saying that they were tired of the Jurassic Express. Adam Cole challenges Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy to a match. Says that Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, are not cleared to compete, so he'll team up with uh, Bobby Fish to take His them on. His best friend in the world, Bobby Fish. And then, you know, Fish pops up. They talk about the match was going to happen. And then he almost said, and that's undisputed, before Matt cuts him off. He, was about to, he had the hand sign ready to throw up too, which I think was absolutely hilarious. And he says, you can't say that here. I think that was a little, a little quick shot at, you know, their past job. 
they the young bucks and the elite kind of do that a lot and i feel like that was hilarious that was pretty good in my opinion it's funny how wrestlemania was said on the show but undisputed can't be said <laughs> that's hilarious but wrestlemania is a big show so i don't i understand why they why they would say wrestlemania it got the heat you know crowd booed but undisputed era was like nxc they beat nxc so they don't even got to bring up nxc at all after that we cut uh we went into uh leo rush and dante martin versus the acclaimed max max caster is max or matt max yeah okay max caster comes out with his little rap you know one in his rap he says to dante you a little bitch put some bass in your voice and then he says that leo rush was better off as a manager this dude just takes shots at every wrestler that used to work for WWE and always has to throw some little thing in there. I love his raps. It's getting better every week. I know I know everybody knows about Rush is better off being a manager. I'm pretty sure everybody knows about that part. But anyways, right when they was rapping and Owens, what's his name? Bowens, sorry, Bowens screamed the acclaimed have arrived. I honestly like that part more than the raps. I don't know why it gets, it gets me hyped. Dante comes with a suicide dive and hits both members of the Acclaim. And then during the match, Dante was in the corner and both members of the Acclaim went to go hit him. He kicked both of them one by one and they both was on all fours. And Dante just ran on both of their backs to tag in Leo. Leo comes in, jumps off of... How do you say his name again? I'm sorry. Bowens? Yep. I keep saying Owens, but right. Jumps off of Bowens back and hits Caster with a horror Karana, which was amazing. That whole spot was absolutely, it gave me the Hardy Boys vibes. <clears throat> then Dante hits Bowens with, a no, with his finisher, the nosedive is what commentators called it. And it led into Leo Rush hitting the frog splash for the win. Great match. It was better than i would have thought and i think between the acclaim bowens is the better wrestler 100 percent. the only thing saving max honestly is how charismatic he is in his rap and his gimmick essentially dude is he's massive and it's like really Boy, not doing that but bowens is he has he has a little spunk in him you know but anyways, he's really good. He is yeah, really. He, his really match good. against Brian was, was freaking great. That was great. Anyways, Team Taz music hits and they just, you know, talk about how they offer him the contract. Hobbs hit a year. <clears throat> excuse me. Hobbs a day after Dynamite will hit a year with them. Crowd starts clapping and Ricky Stark says, uh -huh, "Thanks for the clap." Um, was it? Wasn't appreciated or something like that. Forgot what he said, but love Ricky Starks. But they just keep talking about that he could be a Hall of Famer or a disaster. Saying he should join. He should join Team Taz. It will always be there. And that's it. It's just going to keep continuing. Probably lead into a tag team match. Or even a trios match with Hook finally wrestling against the Dante... Dante and his brother and Leo Rush. 
So it's this is gonna go on for a while, and I'm kind of down for it. Leo Rush is really good in the ring. He's really good at promo. So him and Ricky Starks going at it, I kind of want to see that. But this was this was like I said, this was one hell of a match. This team Taz little feud going on could really work out for Leo and Dante, in my opinion. And I want to see Leo versus Hobbs in a one-on-one match. I think that would be absolutely amazing. I wonder if this was the original plan all along. Because when Leo first came in, I feel like he was leaning towards being a heel. But now it seems like he's just a straight up baby face, you know, like yeah, with the he had a whole uh, businessman gimmick and the way yeah, he was going, yeah. I, I thought like he was, I thought he was coming as a heel too. Yeah, and I wonder, um, yeah, like I said, I wonder if this, if this was them just like kind of changing the plans because I mean, no, no disrespect to him, I just feel like he's a much better baby face than a heel. So, yeah, and I think once they partner him with uh, Dante. I think that's when they hit a whole swerve. They they saw how much better they was together, and they just I feel like they went away from if they was going with heel with heel Leo. I think they went completely went away from that once they saw how over and good these two were together. But not even that. It could be a thing where um, they just become a trio, you know, for the eventual. If that's the plan with the trio, if the trio's title are actually going to come into fruition. That can just be another trio they can have for those titles. High flying trio tag team. That that'd be so sick. Hell yeah! You Leo and Dante together alone were good. Now you add his brother. Just think about the endless possibility moves they're gonna do as a trio. Exactly. Like oh, I can, just thinking about it is getting me excited. I I really wish his brother like, because the thing is he's traveling with the crew again. But it's like he's nowhere near ready to come back. So that injury must have been really bad. I feel like he's already been away for a year. I can't. I hope he gets cleared by Revolution, and they set up. Mm, nah, I, don't, I mean, I want them to set up a match with Team Taz and Leo Dante, his brother, at Revolution. But it can't just be a regular trios match i feel like they have to add a stipulation to that i want to see if it. they actually wait that long if, a, if they wait that way well it depends if his brother is still injured or if his but, brother gets cleared or not but that's but that's my point like there's no way they're not going to have them wrestle at all until revolution just to wait for his brother they're going to do like dante and they're leo probably, versus ricky right, and Hobbs. they'll probably do it at uh the tbs show the first tbs show even that's way too long of a wait. Not really. You can drag it out a bit. That's in January, bro. That's a whole month. Yeah, you you can drag it out a bit. How? I don't know, but I know AEW. They could if they want to, to be honest. But that's you drag out a world title match. You don't drag out a non-title tag team match. Well, then set up singles matches until you get to that. Oh, you want WWE booking. Gotcha. I just want it to be on a good night, bro. You know? Why is a dynamite not a good night? It is a good night, but I wanted to be on a special night. That's what I'm trying to say. But why? So then people could actually, because people are going to tune in. If it's a if it's a special episode, people are going to tune in a lot more. You know, because right now they're below the million average right now. I mean, it's because they went live worldwide. So for the east, for the west coast, 
So that kind of is kind of dropping their views a bit, their average views. But on special edition dynamites, people tune in a little more to those. And setting up a match in one of those shows would be really good. You say so. I do say so. And I'm sticking by that. Okay. We had a Jurassic Express promo. And after that, we had a, a, a Lucha Express. And Lucha Brothers promo, they were pretty much the same thing. They were pretty much just accepting the challenge that, that was brought up to them earlier in the night by the Super Click and by Andrade and FTR. That was pretty much it. Now we get to the main event, Sammy Guevara versus Jay Lito for the TNT title. After both of their entrances, a Tony Nese nice cameo pops up once again. That's Dio's favorite time of the week when Tony Nese's cameo was up. So during the match, Lito was going for a suicide dive onto the outside. Sammy came back into the ring, hit him with a, a pretty clean flying knee. Lito ended up on the outside, and Sammy went over the top rope onto Lito into the outside. Sammy being hurt and moving the way he is, it's, then he throw, Sammy throws Lito back into the ring, and he went up top and was going for a shooting star press. And Lito put both his knees up. And that hurt Sammy a lot because Sammy's ribs or whole stomach area, I guess. whole His whole stomach area is taped up. It's, he's still pretty badly injured. And then Lito threw, Lito threw Sammy on the ropes. And Sam, Lito threw Sammy against the ropes and threw him up. I, I haven't seen somebody go that high in a while. And then Lito tries to go for a lethal injection. Sammy countered, pushed him to the ropes, and then hits him with a Spanish fly, which is still really impressive to hit a Spanish fly standing up just like that. That will always impress me, no matter who does it. And then, you know, they're on the outside. Sammy hits Lito with a flying knee to set him up on the table. And then Sammy went up to the top rope, went for a swanton bomb, and Lito moved, and he went through the table. It's the first time in a while seeing the table break in AEW. And then later on in the match, Sammy hits three consecutive flying knees that basically look like Kenny's V-triggers, the way he was hitting most of them. The third one connected, hit Lethal really good. And then he lifts Lethal up, hits him with the GTH for the win. And then again, once again, Dio's favorite part of the night Tony Nese's cameo hits once again that is not needed. Lito and Sammy shook hands at the end of the match, and all honesty, this match was my favorite match of the night. And I'm really excited to see Lito face other wrestlers like Darby, like Brian, Malachi, Pac, endless possibilities, and I'm all for it. I'm happy for this signing. I love this match. Overall, it was a great TNT title match. The only thing I, I'm not gonna lie, I thought Jay Lethal should have won this match. Um, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm not gonna lie. As much as you know, I'm a big Sammy fan. He, I want him to drop the title. So I, re, I was hoping Lethal wins this match. I honestly thought there was rumors about a certain tag team showing up. I thought they was going to intervene and call Sammy the title. 
but he won clean. It was a good match. Can't really complain, but I really wish Lethal came out on top. Yeah, I can complain. I hate Superman booking with a small-ass dude like Sammy Guevara. I, I cannot stand it. And, and that's why I think I'm mad that he actually won. It has nothing to do with me wanting him to drop the title. It has everything to do with the Superman booking he got. So you're telling me he goes through a grueling street fight at full gear. His ribs are all taped up. He, he, he throws himself through a table, right? And in the match, during the, the, the picture-in-picture, they show a doctor and, and whatnot checking up on him because potentially his ribs are broken. And you're telling yeah. me through all that, he still, still comes going. and beats Jay Lethal clean? Come on, man. I thought that was, I thought that was BS. I, even I though, even like though it was even though it was Lethal's debut match, I think he should have won. Lethal has it. He has it. He can be he can be a great freaking champion. I honestly, I honestly thought he should have won too. Well, I'm on your side with this. I give it to you 100. percent As much as I'm a Sammy fan, he should have never won this match. And if he did, it shouldn't have been clean or something. You know, it was clean. Been, it should have been. It should have been like technically it would have been clean. But he should have won. Like, no, no, listen to me. It would have been clean, but he should have won by at least a roll up, you know, instead of his finisher. Keep saying it would have been. It was. That's what I'm saying. I said it still would have been clean, but he should have won with a roll up. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He should have lost. I agree he, with you. He should have lost. But who he should lose to? Now that we're on the top. Literally any. Bro, look, I'm not going to. But who, who are they going to line up to face him next? I'm Who, tired of Sammy Guevara already. I'm I got tired. tired of, I got tired of him. I got tired of him because of the whole inner circle ATT. I think he is the worst thing out of the four pillars. So mm, nah, I gotta disagree with you on that. Who who is he better than? As a, not as a wrestler. Jungle Boy. No, no, no. Not as a wrestler. As a full package. Who is he better than? Jungle Boy. A I'm lot. staying by that statement. Staying that by that statement. Lot. I feel like Jungle Boy is already a better promo than him. I feel like Jungle Boy is just as good in the ring. He may not be as flashy. He may not be as flashy, but I think he's already better in the ring. Plus, he's younger anyway. He has Sam a lot is, of time on his Sam hands. is better wrestler than Jungle He's Boy. flashier than Jungle Boy. He's There's a, a huge wrestler. difference between being a better wrestler and a, or a flippy midget. It's a huge I'm, sticking, I'm sticking to my statement. Well, of course you are. Your favorite wrestler is Roderick Strong. Former favorite wrestlers, but that doesn't WWE, give out WWE, a good taste of your favorite wrestlers, does it? Listen, Roddy was really great in the indies. He was Ring of Honor champion, so he oh, was he was Ring of Honor champion. Such a prestigious title. Damn, you really gonna bash Ring of Honor like that, bro? So you Ring say, of so Honor you, has not been so the same. Saying, since so you saying since Brian Danielson since Samoa Joe days? That's when so it was at its peak. So are you saying that Adam Cole's title reigns weren't shit, Jay Lethal's title reigns weren't shit in Ring of Honor? I'm not saying that at all. That's basically the same thing. No, I'm not, but I'm, what I'm saying is the only reason why Ring of Honor stayed so fucking popular over the years was because of the New Japan connection. If it wasn't for the elite always going to Ring of Honor and Cody Rhodes eventually turning up to Ring of Honor, it would have been dead a long time ago. That is what I'm saying. I'm not shitting on anybody's title reign. But you holding that as, as like some factor of somebody being an elite wrestler or something is ridiculous. Jay Lethal was great before Ring of Honor. 
that's my point. He was great way before that. He's always been charismatic before Ring of Honor. He didn't automatically learn charisma in Ring of Honor. Where's Roderick Strong's charisma? Well, how come he didn't learn that while he was world champion? I don't know. Exactly. Whatever, bro. Yeah, that was Dynamite. Pretty good show all around. No, matter of fact, I take that back. It was a great show. The wrestling wasn't the, the, I guess, it wasn't the important part of the show, but obviously a lot of good wrestling anyway. But it was mostly trying to get new storylines going or just continuing storylines that were already going. Um, so pretty good stuff all around. I think it was a great show. It was one of their best shows in a while, to be honest. I love some of the story, some of the storylines they're going with right now. Like Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia. I'm looking forward to that. And there's a lot of storytelling. You know, a lot of them is continuing stories. But the Kenny one, Kenny and Adam Cole, long-term booking right there. I can't wait for that. But overall, great show. Some good wrestling. The TNT title match was definitely my favorite match of the night. And overall, it was just a great show. I really enjoyed it. Best show in a while. Right, so moving on to Rampage, we kicked off the night with Darby Allen versus Billy Gunn. This was your standard big man, little man match. Billy Gunn just tossing Darby around. Darby getting in a little bit of offense and Billy Gunn just cutting him off. Um, then the finish came when Darby hit a stunner and then he went to the top, hit his coffin drop. Uh, this pissed me off so much because Billy Gunn kicked out of the coffin drop at one. So then Darby got up, he went for the coffin drop again, he hit it again, and then uh, he got the three, but Billy Gunn kicked out at three. So he technically kicked out twice of Darby's finisher. I, I, I get what they're going for, again, because Billy Gunn is a huge dude, and a small dude like Darby falling on him probably, you know, wouldn't hurt that much. I guess that's what they're doing. I'm not sure, but I still didn't like that. I still didn't like it at all. So then... Uh, we cut backstage to Tony Schiavone interviewing QT Marshall. And QT challenges CM Punk to a match on Dynamite. Okay, listen. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Why is QT, out of all people, having a match with CM Punk on Dynamite as well? I understand they're in Chicago. They want CM Punk to do something. And I'm sure this will be a two, three-minute match at best. And Punk will just beat this guy. Then we'll cut to MJF. Uh, interrupting afterwards or something. I don't know. But this is stupid. Okay, there's plenty of other people that can use this spot. They could just book a CM Punk MJF talking segment and call it a day. This does not need to be a match. Anyway, then after that, we get Jay Cargill versus Red Velvet. This is the third time they fought. Uh, notable spots in this match. Uh, Jade Cargill had a choke slam on the apron. Hardest part of the ring, in case you didn't know. Uh, Red Velvet hit a Will Bear a Bulldog. Uh, Jade hit a nice bicycle pump kick. Uh, Velvet went for her finish. Uh, Jade reversed it into her finish for the win. So Red Velvet is 0-3 against Jade. I mean, this, this was a decent match. Much better than my expectations, which were, you know, I didn't have any for it. So it met them and then some. So that's, I guess, a win. After that, we get a Thunder Rosa promo. She's hyping up her match against Jamie Hayter. They kind of bleeped her out because she started talking in Spanish, and I'm, I'm assuming she was cussing. They wouldn't just bleep her for talking Spanish. <laughs> so, yeah. So then we cut to CM Punk talking to Tony Schiavone. 
pretty much just saying that he accepts QT Marshall's challenge. I still don't understand why this is happening, but it is whatever. Then we get to the main event, Jurassic Express versus Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. I'll be honest, this show, I kind of tuned out by this point. Didn't really pay attention to this. Uh, the ending was just uh, Jungle Boy having Bobby Fish in the snare trap and Adam Cole just leaving him there again. He ran away. This is the second time he's done this. So I'm assuming that the plan is to bring in um, Kyle O'Reilly so they can uh, reunite them as Redra Redragon. Is that, is that what their tag team name was? Redragon? Uh, I think or Red Dragon. Or the Red Dragons? Yeah, Red Dragon. That's what it was. So I'm assuming that's what the plan is. Um, I'm down for I, that. So, uh, so here's the thing with Rampage for me at this point. I think they need to do a better job at the matches because there's been this is not the first Rampage that I tune out for. You know, it's definitely not the first one. I doubt it'll be the last one. I'm not saying that they need to have like a Kenny Omega match every week. Or a Brian match or a Hangman match or, you know, just the big stars. I'm not saying that they need to be on. I'm glad that they want to have some of their, you know, maybe mid-card guys having main event spots on this show. But they have to remember they have a live audience as well as a TV audience. And they're already there for Elevation and Dynamite. So that's three hours. They're already there. You can't book matches like Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans, for example, in the main event and expect people to stay. You know what I mean? Like, you, they have to get better at having better matches on the show. If they need to, just turn this into a, uh, I don't know, have instead of having the TNT championship match, they could have done that on Rampage instead, you know? Because the crowd wouldn't be as tired, but that would at least be enticing enough to get them to stay. Same thing with the TV audience. It will get us and it will entice us enough to want to continue watching the show. But having stuff like this as your main event, I, I don't know. It's just not for me. I, I feel like I, I don't have to watch Rampage because nothing really happens. You know, that, that's how I'm starting to feel about it. And I don't want to feel that way, but that's that's what's happening right, right now for me. Match of the week for me was, of course, Sammy versus Jay Lethal. Again, I hated the result, but can't deny it was an amazing match. That is also my match of the week. It was it was a great match. I agree that it should have been different results, but great match overall. All right, now I got I got some things I want to kind of talk about with you. Get into a little quick discussion. MJF and CM Punk feud. Who comes out on top in this? This is 50-50. Obviously, it's only two people. Um, but but um, I don't know. Because it depends on what they want to do. Like, I'm hoping they don't do this. But I feel like if, the, if, the, if their goal is to do MJF versus Hangman at Revolution... They have to have MJF beat CM Punk. I personally think MJF hands CM Punk his first loss. I don't know. Though. I I don't want to see CM Punk lose just yet, though. Well, he's not going to lose right away. He's, what, facing QT Marshall. And then he'll have to probably go through Sean Spears, have to go through Warlow. No, to I get don't want to MJF. see that either. It's, 
that's the only way they're gonna really do it. They can't just have a straight up, straight up uh, fight between these two. You know, it always goes like that when it comes to MJF feuds. He has to. They have to go through everybody before they get to him. That's so stupid, though. Like, and that's one way how you can make CM Punk lose. Warlord completely demolishes him after the match or during the match, and then when he gets to MJF, he's beaten, battered, and MJF pulls away with the win. I would do it the opposite way. What way? I would have, like, if that has to happen, then he has to fight Wardlow and Sean Spears first. I would have him beat Sean Spears, but then I would have him lose to Wardlow. And they still have the match against MJF, and then he beats MJF. That's how I would do it. How would Wardlow win? Just straight up dominating him. That's it. Wardlow's a big-ass dude. What do you mean? Yeah, but CM Punk is not a little dude, you know, so it's... Well, he's certainly smaller than Wardlow. I mean, I see where you're going, but I don't I don't think it's going to go that way. I'm not saying that it is going to go that way. I'm saying that's the way I would do it. Because if, if Wardlow does win and MJF loses, I mean, you could technically from there go on with Warlord and MJF. MJF can say, you didn't do your job. You beat him, but you did not finish him off. He's the, he won the match, and this is all your fault. And then you can lead into that feud. That's, well, that's see, one see, thing that can come out of that. This is the way that. I look at it, right? This is the way I look at it. The problem is, eventually, they have to do, they have to do the turn. So when do they do it? Do they wait as long as having MJF drop the world title? Because if, all right, let's say he beats CM Punk. And then he beats Hangman for the title. And then he finally loses it to somebody. Is that somebody going to be Warlow? Because I don't think he's ready for that just yet. I think that needs to be non-title. So do you wait until he, he drops it and then you do the feud? He's mad at Warlow for not helping him stay champion? Or did you have Warlow beat him for the title? Like I said, I don't think that's the right direction. Only way that can go in that direction if Warlow gets more TV time. Warlow gets... Oh, excuse me, gets on the mic and talk more, wrestles more. He doesn't need Make more him. TV time. Like, I, I think a lot he of needs people to talk are not more. understanding. He needs to talk more. Bro, people, people are misconstruing the difference between Elevation Dark and NXT. So remember, NXT wasn't always on TV, right? Mm -hmm. now, but the difference was that not only were they not on TV, it was also a different audience because they were in full sale. While Raw and SmackDown were in any other city. Dark and Elevation, well, not Dark, because they're in a studio now. But Elevation, they have the same exact audience that Dynamite has. They're in the same building, same people. So if you, that's why Ty Conti is over. Because even, her ma even though most of her matches have happened on Dark and Elevation, she still has that, that same audience. Wardlow, same thing. He has that same audience. So... The Dynamite crowd is the same as the Elevation crowd. So he's getting over with the same exact crowd. And Warlow is getting over on Elevation. If you watch it, he, he's getting very... He's doing a lot of babyface stuff. Like, he, like for example, let me give you an example. Like, uh, he's, his finisher right now is a powerbomb. And, and every time he does it, the crowd is chanting, one more time, one more time. So he always does it again. And then they say it one more time again, and he does it again. So he's, he's listening to the crowd. So as, that, that's all they have to do is just keep that up. And he's going to get over. That's all they have to do. So then do you wait that long that's until the, the feud? Or do you do it after the CM Punk? 
feud. But that's my problem. So it, it, it all depends. Like, I don't. To me, think, it's a win-win situation because we. I, I don't think he gets to see I don't the turn anyway. Ready by the time that MGF becomes champion. Obviously, MGF is much more ready than Wardlow is right now, right? So I, I do you risk it and have Wardlow just beat MJF for the title during their feud? Because I don't think that's a feud Wardlow can lose. Yeah, I don't think that's a feud he can't lose. He could lose. He has to win that feud. So, but that's my point. Do you make him world champion, or do you wait, or do you keep dragging it out until MJF loses the title to somebody else? I mean, you we could do what you said. He loses the title, and then he gets mad at Wardlow for not helping him. But that's like until twenty twenty three. Exactly. So it's when you really think you that, can keep it going a, for that long? That's the story now. That's the big question mark. When does it happen? We all know the CM Punk and MJF feud is going to be phenomenal. The promos is going to kick all the ass. The match, in all honesty, the match could be great too. The match could be great. But where does it leave off after that? Does MJF go into a feud with Adam Page or does he go into a feud with someone else or do they just straight go for Warlord versus MJF? I've said it plenty of times. I don't think MJF should be the next champion. The dude is 24, 25 years old. But you just old. said in a lot, not, I forgot what podcast you said it in, that who beats Hangman? MJF. Yeah, because that's, that's I think that's the direction they're going. But mm. I don't think he should, though. I don't think he should be the guy. He's been talking about it a lot. He's doing the discount double check gesters. He's been talking about the AEW championship a lot. Oh, you know what? Away. Maybe that's it. What's it? That right there. I think I think that's when it happens. I do think he beats CM Punk. And then I think he challenges Hangman, but I think he loses to Hangman. And that's when the Wardlow feud happens. So double or nothing, Warlord finally turns on MJF. That's what I'm thinking. They should end, I think honestly, I'm gonna tell you why I think that's great. They can end the night like that. The crowd is obviously gonna be all into that match. After the match, he's just screaming in Warlord's face, calling him a disgrace, this and that, blah blah. Turns his back and Warlord just hits him with the nastiest Lariat you'll ever see in your life on MJF. And the crowd is going to erupt. Just know that. The crowd is going to absolutely erupt. He does his little flex move, takes off whatever the fuck he has on, his shirt, jacket, whatever, and just power bombs MJF. And then stands over him to end the show. And the reason why I say that is because I do think they're making it a little too obvious that he's going to win the world title. You know what I mean? Like, they're making it too obvious with him continuously talking about it and yeah, so I think I think he will challenge Hangman, but I at least so I think he'll challenge Hangman twice, and I think he'll lose the first time, and then maybe the second time he challenges Hangman, he'll finally win. That's how I, that's how I would book it personally. It's not a bad booking decision, especially why, why would he get a re, why would he get a rematch? Because like how would you how would you get Hangman that before? Uh, okay, yeah. He beat Hangman in the final for the ring. Yeah. So, so, so there'll be 1-1. One, one. Oh, look at that. Another long, 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 uh, how you say? 
long term. Lego, that's a long term storytelling right there, just like they did with Hangman and Omega. They wait almost a year before they actually wrestled. So that's that's a good direction. Bring back the past, like always. Yeah, I would like them to do that for Hangman, to be honest. Just real quick, I know, you know, not a big, I don't want to get into that too much, but I would like them to um, have him challenge Jericho because, you know, that's the person he lost to when he, the last time he got yes. for the title. Yes. And then I also want him to challenge Pac because he lost to Pac twice early on. So those two matches, I would like to see him avenge those losses. It could happen. I would like to see that. Dynamite. Not rampage. Probably, it'll definitely happen on Dynamite. No, no, no. Ooh, Honestly, like I was just saying, I do think they need to put in more big matches. Like, let's be honest. What was the last big match, truly, that happened on Rampage? Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think it was literally the first episode. Christian versus Kenny Omega. Right? I mean, because that match was fucking amazing. You can't even compare that match to any other match after that. But I'm Rampage. saying, in terms of, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of name value. Uh, name value. That was the biggest match, right? I can't really remember other matches that happened, but I'll I'll probably have to agree on that. Unless, yeah, I'll just have to. I mean, Brian and CM Punk had matches on Rampage, but they were against like Bobby yeah, Fish, Daniel Carson, Matt yeah, Seidel. Yeah, yeah. So you, in fact, you're right. So yeah, that's. I would love like Hangman versus Pac on Rampage or. Chris Jericho versus Hangman on Rampage, I'd be sick. You can literally do those do on Rampage. You could do both of those matches on Rampage. Yeah. Both of those matches do not have to be undone. They could both be on Rampage as a one and done. Mm-hmm. As a revenge, basically a revenge tour. Or, or, if, they tour. Do, or if they do want to do, um, if they do want to do them on Dynamite, at least have Brian Cage challenge Hangman on Rampage because they're also a one and one. Wait, who? Brian Cage. Oh, Brian Cage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes back to the, to the, um, when was that pay per view that they Double fought? Double or nothing. Double or nothing, right? When Hangman beat, he beat him on Dynamite and then Hangman beat him at Double or Nothing. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's, there's a lot of ways they can do, they can go with, uh, with Hangman right now. 2022 is about to be a great year for AEW. Oh, they have speaking so, of 2022, so many ways they can go. Speaking of 2022, Kenny, uh, <laughs> he already hinted at Kevin, Kevin Owens coming through. Because he on Twitter he posted something like they had like a clip. I'm th- I'm assuming it's PWG. Uh, I'm not sure, but he said that he robbed them, and I know he wants to do a part three. That's what Kenny tweeted. So already dropping hints that. Oh, Kevin that's Owens 22. 2022 is about to be an amazing if if they could get Kevin Steen, they could form Mount Rushmore, and then when Kenny comes back, obviously he won't be in it, and then they could set up the match right there. That could be that could set up the match with Adam Cole, and then boom, jump into Kevin Steen because of Mount Rushmore. I would even do that to be honest. You know what I would there's, do? There's so many ways you can do it to be honest. You know what, what I would, I would do for real? Mm-hmm. I would do the super click. Versus Hangman and the Golden Lovers. That's what I would do. So you, Cole, Young Bucks versus Lovers and Hangman. Yeah. So Kenny turns his face. Yep. 
that's honestly not not a bad idea. Ibushi has to come sometime. Exactly. I wonder when Okada's coming. Okada's coming real soon. He's in isn't he in I think he is in the States for for New Japan Strong. Mm, I don't I don't know. I think he was talking about it uh in an interview he had an I think his last match in Japan that he's gonna make his way to the States. So who does he go up against? I don't want to see him against bro. I don't want to see gonna, him it's against gonna, Hardy. It's gonna be that. it's gonna be with Orange Cassidy most likely because of chaos. They're gonna team together. Yes, but I don't want again. Is it probably gonna be against fucking Matt Hardy or something? It's probably gonna be against Matt Hardy, or <laughs> or where's the private party at? Which private party at? Well, uh, one of them is injured. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn, that would have been a good match. Private Party versus Orange Cassidy and Okada. And they can't be against Butcher and the Blade because they the just Butcher beat is injured now. And they just beat them anyways. Damn, yeah. Butcher got injured again? Yeah, he got injured again. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. So before we end this podcast, we're going to talk about the Full Gear star ratings. There's a couple that we obviously don't agree with. With Dave, Mr. Big Boy... Dave Meltzer, how the hell you say his name? Okay. So, MJF, Darby Allen, they got a 4.5 stars. Agree or disagree? I That's one I actually agree with. I disagree. I think it should have got four and three quarters. It was probably MJF's best match in AEW ever. I think it should have been a 4.75. Then we, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston also got 4.5 stars. Agree or disagree? That I agree. I agree with that. It was that. short, but it was it was awesome. I agree with that. Danielson and Miro, 4.5 stars. This one I disagree. I disagree. I disagree also, honestly. I would have given it like Maybe 3.75. I would have gave it a, a even four. I would have just kept it at an even four. It wasn't bad, but it was it was good. So I'll give it an even four. Christian Cage, Jurassic Express versus the Super Click. I disagree stars. 100%. <laughs> Not even Honestly, close. I disagree by a little bit. I think it should have been like 4.5. It was a, It was an amazing match. I give this a 3.5. I did not think it was that good at Damn, all. Damn, what, what, what was you watching? A match that I didn't it enjoy was, that. It was a very entertaining and good match. I give it 4.5. Yes, but I don't think it was a great wrestling match, though. I give it, I'll give it 4.25. How about that? Would that make it better for I you? I mean, bro, it's your opinion. You give it whatever you want. I, I'm stuck between that. Four, four and a quarter and four and a half. I'm stuck between that. Anyways, that was that was a big. Oh man, you just got me mad with that one. Anyways, Cody Rose, Pack versus Malachi Black and Andrade. They gave I, that four stars. I disagree. <laughs> I absolutely disagree. I gave this a two. <laughs> this was easily the worst match of the show. It, it literally meant nothing. This should have been. This was a dark match. Hey, right? I give it a three. 
two was that's disrespectful. I don't care. I'm being yeah. I'm, I'm disrespecting out here. It's a two. I give it a three. I give it a three and a quarter. There was some spots there that were pretty good. But you right. It should. This is a mess. It should have been on rampage. And as we get on to the next one, Britt Baker versus Ty Conti, three point five stars. Agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. I agree. Pretty mutual there. Chris Jericho in the inner circle versus ATT. They gave it four stars. No, no way. Disagree. What's your rating on this match? Uh, I give it a three. I give it a three and a quarter. There was some nice spots. Yeah, that's why I give it a three and a quarter. Some sloppiness as well, which is why it would have been a three. It would have been a three and a half for me if it wasn't for the like the botched spots and the terrible finish with the with the crappiest frog splash I ever seen. Right, it was a lot of botches. That's why I give it a three and a quarter. It was a fun match to watch, though. Pretty pretty fun. Lucha Bros, FTR, four and a quarter. I disagree, but not by much. I gave it a four. I agree. I give it a four. It was it was it was good, but I st- I still give it a solid four. I have to agree with you on that. And the main event, Kenny, by God, the Bout Machine Omega versus Hangman Adam Page, five point five stars. I disagree again by a little bit. I do give it five stars though. I do give it five stars. On my initial watch, I gave it four and a half. But yeah, again, I, okay. I I rewatched it and I thought it was much better on the rewatch, so I do give it five stars. You're right. On my initial watch, I gave it like a four and a quarter, four and a half. But then after I rewatched, it, sat there, actually tuned in, like zoned everything out, no distractions, watched it. I give it a solid five. Five point five is still not a bad rating for it, though. It was a really good match, but I give it a five. The only reason why I give it a five is more, is more so because of the moment rather than the match, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's kind of this, – this situation reminds me of, like, CM Punk versus John Cena and Money in the Bank 2011 because he also gave that five stars. But I don't think the match itself – like, that match was really sloppy. Like, if you go back and watch it, it was really sloppy. Yeah, it was just all the – what was going on in the match. Yeah, but the, the hype and, and the yeah, moment the after hype, all that. The together. moments during the match, the moment after the match, it was overall. John Cena attacked John Laurinaitis. He said, no, he's winning on his turn. CM Punk is with TGS. And it was in Chicago. So all that hype gave it a five. The match overall was probably a three. But then the, the a three, whole. All right. Actually, you, you, now, see, you being disrespectful. It was a four. Thing. All right, I'll give it a four. I was probably over-exaggerating a bit. It wasn't as bad. But this match, it's it's it is a five. I don't agree five point five, but definitely a five. And to me, the only other five star match in this whole show besides that match should have been MJF and Darby Allen instead of Jurassic Express and the Super Click. The only reason why I don't agree with five point five is just because I don't think this match was better than him versus Brian, and I don't think it was better than their tag match at Revolution with the Young Bucks. I don't think it was honestly that much better than Christian and Omega, in all honesty. At Rampage? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to judge, to be honest, because those matches had a lot of things going for them that this match didn't. Like, him and Brian and him and Christian 
they were the first match of the show. So one, the crowd was way into it, right? This match okay, was yeah, they, three and a half hours after they the kind of got an advantage. Exhausted. Yeah, they had an advantage. Okay. But I still think up to par. Don't, don't get me wrong. I do think, I don't know about the Christian match, but I do think the Brian match was better. Brian match I can't was say, better. I can't say that this match was worse than Christian, though. I ha- I'll have to rewind. No, I didn't, say, I didn't say it was worse. I said it's just a little bit better than Christian and Omega match. Oh, my bad. I, was, I, thought you, I thought you were yeah. saying that Christian and Omega was better than this. No, 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 no. I'll say this match was just a little bit better than that match, but that match was still fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. <clears throat> Overall, I think his ratings were pretty biased for the most 100%. part. <laughs> because we're we're pretty biased when it comes to AEW, but we our honest ratings are a hundred percent different than his. Most matches he overhyped. Most matches we could agree on. Punk, Kingston, Darby, and JF and the main event. We could agree on all of those. And even the ones else, we disagree with, it wasn't like we disagreed a bunch. Yeah, it was only by I mean, quarter star, one of them maybe. we did. One of them we disagreed a lot was the tag match, Malachi Black, Andrade, Pack, and Rose. That's the right. only one we absolutely disrespected him on because that was a too high of a rating. I don't think that should have been higher than ba- than Britt Baker and Ty Conti. Yeah, you're right. It shouldn't, it shouldn't. See, that's why I gave it a two. That's why I gave it a two. Exactly. Overall, he was being biased, but most of his ratings were a little, a little fair. It I mean, to be fair, he's biased rating. a lot. Like, oh, yeah. I remember him giving Roman Reigns versus John Cena and No Mercy, like, four and a half stars. That match was trash. It was okay? garbage. Garbage. That match had to be the worst. That had to be. They, instead of waiting to WrestleMania, they gave us that at, what was it, No Mercy. And it was the worst match I've ever seen between two top dogs, apparently, in WWE. You know, the original John Cena and the copycat John Cena. And that was just the worst match. And he gave, what, 4.5? Terrible. Yeah, terrible. And I, think, and I think one, I think it was one of the worst matches of the show, and I don't even think that show had a four and a half star match. I may be misremembering, but I don't think that show had a four and a half star match, and that match was definitely not it. It was definitely not it. <laughs> definitely, he's pretty. Um, he is really biased on a lot of things. This card in general, he got a majority. I say seventy five percent of them correct with ratings even though we disagree on some of them but he had a couple of them that were kind of off the five-star match tag team five-star match a tag team four-star match he just whatever bro i mean it's his opinion so can't get too mad yeah but i I can tell you why we can get kind of mad because a lot of people go based off his opinion if any, anybody, anybody else has five-star and he says 4.25, nobody's going to give a fuck about the, anybody, any other reporters or anybody saying five-star match. They're going to go based off his ratings. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't really care too much. Hey, but I, only Kenny notice has, when, I only notice it when you tell me what the ratings hey, but are. Kenny has another five-star on his belt. Greatest wrestler of all time, bro. He's definitely he definitely has to be on on the modern day Mount Rushmore. I have to say him. Um, he won't Brian, get the credit. He will never get the credit he deserves. Of course they're not. A lot of a lot of people are so stuck on WWE wrestlers. You know, John Cena's definitely on the modern day Mount Rushmore. We can't deny that. I I'm not gonna lie. You know, I used to dislike Hulk John Hogan, Cena. The Rock, Stone Cold, 
John Cena, and maybe Shawn Michaels. I don't know. Undertaker. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people have Undertaker up there. Hulk, they have Hogan, Taker up there for sure. That's everybody's two automatically for some reason. And then the next two are just a toss-up between Michaels, Stone Cold, The Rock, even Bret Hart to some people, even and Ric Flair. No, 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 no. The four, the four are a lock. No, three of them are a lock. Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and Stone Cold. Those are a lock for Mount Rushmore. The next two are subjective. Some people have Ric Flair. Some people have The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, like you said. But those three 100% are on everybody's list. It's impossible to do a Mount Rushmore list and take it seriously if those three are not on your list. It's impossible exactly. to take it seriously. I'll throw John Cena up there. Yeah, see, John Cena, that could, that's, again, a lot of people have him on the list. But those, but the fourth and fifth spot are easily the hardest spots to talk about. It is hard. That. There's a debate for Shawn Michaels to be there because he was gone for how long and he came back and just was ho as hot as he was before he left. Before he yeah. what was a retirement, so it's it is a toss up there. But overall, Kenny is they better give him his flowers now. That's all I gotta say. He won't because he he he'll never get them because he never wrestled for <clears throat> WWE. These WWE marks, man. But hey, this bro, is the way it goes, though. This is the way it goes. Like for example, the you you watch NBA, right? Duh. Religiously. So, so so let's say there was another organization just as big as NBA. Maybe not as big, but you get what I'm saying. Let's pretend yeah, the, there's the, a the AEW to yeah, the Euro NBA. Euroleague. Right? Euro Euroleague. Okay, but so let's say Luka Doncic, let's say he never went to the NBA, but he went there instead. Do you really think he'll get the credit he's getting now? I mean, he was in the Euroleague and then he went to the NBA. But, but if, let's say I'm, I'm saying what you mean, like if he stayed there. there. So let's talk, no, talk he, about if he no, stayed there. Yeah, he won't get the recognition. You you right, right. that's my point. So Kenny will never get them. And that's trash. They need to give him his, his flaws right now. He could have went to WWE if he really wanted to. Of course he could have. He could have any time, but he knew what was in store for him. Bad booking. Just bad booking overall. I don't think the run he's having with AEW, he would have not had that with WWE. I mean, he could have if he put – because they were willing to pay him out the ass, like, and I, I think it was they wanted it was to in him. 2018. They were even teasing him going going there. Like they were teasing him in, to to appear in the Royal Rumble. But then after he said no, they deleted the video. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the so, greatest Royal Rumble debut, the greatest Royal Rumble debut to me that always gives me chills to this day is AJ Styles. Yeah. That will always be my favorite debut moment in the Royal Rumble. My favorite return of all time will have to be only because of what happened with us was Edge's return. That's the we, best moment in Royal Rumble history, period. Well, return, we debut, it don't matter. It's the best. That was the last time we watched a, a pay-per-view together. And we completely murked like little kids. That was fucking amazing. That I will never forget that fucking moment, bro. That whole match was amazing, to be honest. It was great. The whole Brock was Brock. It was Brock Lesnar eliminating everybody. Yep. It was that was probably the best Royal Rumble in years. Yeah, two years. <laughs> in years, it's the same shit. It's not better than it's better than I last year. It's not like it's been five years since the last yeah, you're right. The twenty eighteen one was amazing too. Who won that one? Was it that was Shinsuke? Yep. Yeah, that one was good too. That one was good. Really?
Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Bingo Hall Podcast.